0: that the Union Underground version of the raw theme is still my favorite but it takes so long into that damn package at the start of the show to get to that it's just not worth the wait most of the time
1: we should just get a whole new soundboard and a whole new network (laughs) yeah well you know it happens
0: I, I don't even know where to go with that, so I'm just going to have to move on. Good <laughs> evening, to everybody, and welcome is the last episode of Very Actions for 2014, and depending, the last time you may hear from us for a while, we'll see what happens. Uh, my name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual, my co-hostess with the most dis well, you're not really a co-hostess, you're more of a co-host, but it didn't rhyme that way, so whatever. Tony Acero, Tony, how was your weekend? Dude, what the fuck did you do to your hand?
1: Well, I was uh, having a nice night with a lady friend. No, actually, I did it at work. I grabbed the glass while it was breaking midair, and it sliced my index finger on my left hand, and I'm left-handed, so um, for the past, I'd say, three to four days, I've had a lot of trouble doing the simplest of things, such as a raw report. Um the interesting notion or the, the interesting note of that is that the Raw Report is probably one of the better ones that I've done in the last few months, considering all of the feed issues I've had. Um, ironically enough, with a bummed finger. So I don't know. Maybe there is um maybe there's something to be said about extra effort.
0: <laughs> or maybe there's something to be said about the fact that you have to get hurt in order to do a proper report.
1: Uh, possibly. Probably. What am I building? It makes hitting?
0: sense. This is wrestling.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nobody gives and a shit about Tony Acero, because the fat-ass <laughs> champion of the world has arrived.
1: <laughs> everyone gives a shit about me, silly boy.
0: Um, you were just saying you were shocked we have listeners. I don't want to hear a word from you, Acero.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you have to understand. Everyone gives a fuck about me. But to actually, you know, have listeners listen to both me, myself, and you drone on about wrestling facts and... The fat ass world champion. I mean just a very You very wish surprising. you were a world champion
2: of anything. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm opening shut a up as world on, champion talk. of
0: AJ. Where you, the world champion of AJ? Where do you think she's been the last three weeks?
2: I'm uh, raining uh, no on that bitch. <laughs> What's up, champ? Welcome in. <laughs> Thank you guys for once again having me.
0: Um so we weren't expecting a whole lot out of the show going in, but I would say I was pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's a there's, there's a lot more good than bad. There's a few things that I'm not fully okay with, but of course we'll get to that. Um, and of course we'll get to the Raw rating at the end. But yeah, this was a an interesting... There was a, a minor change that I'll be bringing up that I noticed within the entirety of Raw, and I'm hoping that it's the same moving forward.
0: All right, the other thing that you need to get me is you need to let me know what your third do is going to be so I don't discuss it in quick hits.
1: Yeah, I'll make it up as we go along. Very well.
0: If you hear me (laughs) discuss something in quick hits and you want to pull that for the do, just let me know right as I start to talk about it and we'll move it to the end of the show. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, he make shit up as we go. Get out! I don't believe it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, frankly, I'm more surprised when he's not making shit up as we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when do you guys say
1: we get to it? People would be
2: very surprised ahead, to know that there's, a, that there's insult an insult format to this show. This is this is the last time this year we're gonna get to insult Harry. Insult him! Don't let him cut you off like that. Yeah, that's all right. You know. Give you a proper <laughs> tongue lashing.
0: He would. His New Year's Year's resolution is to be nicer to me. You should consider it, champ. Anyways,
2: I'll keep that in mind.
0: (laughs) All right. Um. Let's actually let's get to the reason we're here. Let's talk about RAW. Um. All right. So I'd say Edge and Christian had their up and their down moments this evening uh let's talk about the up moments first let's talk about the actual opening to the show and the fact that a it only ran about 10 to 12 minutes which is what i expected and hoped for last week and b the fact that they managed to get everything involved with the the traditional Asian christian comedic twist involved as well uh your thoughts on the opening segment with these guys as well as a brief rundown of everything that went down during the course of it
1: Um, well, I, I, I enjoyed having them back. I enjoyed having them there. I thought that they're um, um, just, just I don't know. It wasn't nostalgia because, I mean, they haven't really been gone, gone. Um, but it's just, it's really nice to have Edge. Edge has that, that ability to be on the microphone and sound completely natural. And if there's any negative from all of this, it showed really how Edge and Christian are versus the current crop of stars that are on the microphone. Um, and then that's not all that great to notice. That's that's something you kind of want to keep under wraps, but yeah, the opening of the show set the scene for the rest of the show. And for, you know, one of the few occasions I was okay with it stretching out to what it was because it wasn't that long. Um, I mean, there was a couple of issues that I had with it, but that has everything to do with John Cena and nothing to do with Edge and Christian.
0: Yeah. You'll notice that as soon as Cena came down to the ring there, Edge and Christian kind of just disappeared. Completely. And it's yet again a case of them making the uh, the segments about Cena and his opponent, whoever that happens to be, and less and less about the people that are actually running the show going for that particular episode of Raw. And in this particular instance, it's people that wrestling fans care about. Imagine Christian. It's somebody that we actually have a vested interest in seeing, especially seeing them together inside of the WWE ring. Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on the opening segment in regards to how are everything with Edge and Christian and the build up to the Cena Lesnar confrontation at the tail end went?
2: Um, I'm a huge fan of Edge and Christian. I'm just going to put that out there right out front. I enjoyed their uh, work back when they were working with the Hardys and the Dudleys, the birth of the uh, tag team TLC matches, uh, stuff like that. I jeez, uh, I mean, I don't know where, where else to go. These guys, I I always look. I was looking forward to it all week you know, just to get to see these guys come back, even if it was just uh, he's a guest host, blah, blah, blah. And I I hate to always echo what Tony seems to say, uh, but Tony always seems to hit it on the head. It always seems like, you know, we get a guest host, they come out to Raw, they're supposed to draw people to the show, they're supposed to interest people (laughs) in watching, and they get on their mic for about, you know, two, three minutes, and then they get interrupted. And then it's Rollins and Cena and whoever else. And it completely takes away from just who it is. It's like I want to watch Edge and Christian for a little bit. You know, that's the reason they're there—to be seen, to be heard, to be enjoyed—not so they can introduce somebody else. And I don't know. I don't know if it drives you guys crazy like it <clears throat> does to me. But I just—I hate—I hate it. I mean, I—I I don't want to complain about seeing him because everybody else already does it. But I just—I just hate the way he does that. It always seems well, like, oh, you guys are out here hosting the show. Let me uh, go ahead and steal your spotlight really quick. Cool. I'm ahead,
1: really good at, at complaining about John Cena, so I'm going to do, um, do it. A lot of the times we're, we're, we're wondering when we're going to get that person that could best John Cena. Puts everyone down. He's a Superman. He goes through everything. He just is, you know, impossible feats of strength, blah, 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 blah. We finally get someone who does it, and it's Brock Lesnar. And there's been complaints as, like, okay, you finally have someone to, you know, best John Cena. Why can't you just shut up and whatever? Well, first of all, it's Brock Lesnar, who may not be here next year. Um, But moreover, when you see a scene like you saw earlier today where John Cena said, the only reason why I don't knock you into 2015 is so that I have a piece of you when I need it or whatever, did any of us believe that? You're asked that German suplex 16 times. Brock Lesnar beat your ass last week, and he says it with such conviction that it's like one of those things where you see a bully with literally nothing to stand on, where you don't even want to beat him up because it's just sad to see. Like, really, Cena? Really? And then we're going to get a little bit more to his idiocy later on with the main event and what happened there. Well, not even later on. Well, be soon, right? Because we're going to tie that in. Um, but I guess Yeah, we're I'm actually to going make... into that next. <clears throat> yeah, well, the point I'm trying to make about the opening segment mainly is... Um, Would that entire segment have worked had Brock and or Cena not been there? The answer is yes. So what did you do that for?
0: Yeah, that was the biggest question that I had, is why in the world do you need to feel the need to pen down the Cena and Lesnar confrontation when you could just as easily have had that happen after the attack inside of the ring uh, towards the end of the cutting-edge peep show? You could have just as easily had Cena and Lesnar go face-to-face and have Lesnar lay Cena out after Cena brought back the authority.
1: Mm
2: hmm My question is, why didn't he? I mean, I know we're going to get into uh, the ending segment in a minute here, but I guess my question is, you know, after Cena was laid out by show, he was in the middle of the ring, they were going to curb-stomp edge, whatever, Lesnar and Heyman come out. And Cena's there for the taking. Go beat him up. He just smack-talked you and attacked Paul Heyman and you at the beginning of the show. Why not get that vengeance there? You're the heels. Hurt him. I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. It drove me crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's Lesnar's character has always been portrayed as something of a carnivore. Something as whatever he can devour, he will. Cena's laid out prone in the middle of the ring after the curb stomp. It would make perfect sense for Lesnar to get involved there after having a little run-in with Edging Christian and then have them have Lesnar once again take out Cena with an F5 at the tail end of the show right as the authority comes back onto the stage
1: rather
2: than taking the really really time away. Yeah, I, I hope think so. we all agree.
1: Um, so basically, the the opening segment led to the uh, the main event segment, which was uh, well, it, it led to a Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins match, which we'll talk about. But that match led to a a um, a segment of it was the Cutting Edge and the Peep Show mixed into one, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, once again, uh, just similar to you know our fat ass champion. I was I was and still am a fan of Edge and Christian, but melding their two shows together, giving it a talk show feel, it was fine. We get Seth Rollins as the guest, and he wants to make an announcement for New Year's. He wants to make a toast. <laughs> he brings out the Big Show, um, who had helped him earlier in the show, and then he brings out John Cena. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he, brings out, he attempts to bring out John Cena. John Cena does not come out, so he knocks Christian in the gut with a briefcase, which apparently paralyzes him for about 30 minutes, and then he attacks Edge and gets him ready for a curb stop. While Big Show is pinning Edge down, Seth Rollins is shouting out demands to John Cena, and I believe this segment lasted about ten minutes too long. With John Cena doing this, dude's body language is just horrible. By the way, um, it lacks conviction. I simply don't believe him. <laughs> um, it's like a child's play. You know, like you're at you're at your little brother's or sons or whatever um, elementary school play, and John Cena is the main character who is better than everyone else apparently, or has parents that are sleeping with someone. I don't know but still can't convey actual emotion, making you not believe anything. Um, So the, the, the key concept of the main event was that Seth Rollins was getting ready to curb stomp Edge, which would essentially paralyze him. And if John Cena didn't give Rollins what he wanted, Rollins was going to do it. What did Rollins want? The authority to be returned. John Cena eventually does it after like 10 minutes of contemplation, and now we have the authority back. Uh, they come at the end of the show at the top of the ramp with some champagne glasses, they cheer their you know, they cheer us as a crowd. JBL's excited, nobody else is, and now we have the raw reaction in which we decide whether or not we like what happens.
0: It's an end to a means as far as the return to the authority, so I'm okay with it. At the same time, I'm really not looking forward to us going down the same tired road with Stephanie and Triple H that we've been going down with them for the last seven months.
1: If not longer. You know, Harry, I get what you're saying. And I agree. I think it is a, you know, it's it's a, it's a actually called a means to an end. But it's uh, the concept of being interrupting and being uh, an interaction with, with Triple H. Tonight, for all, you saw a lot of um, premeditated booking that will bleed into next year, which is a rarity. WWE for the past five years has not built WrestleMania until like the fucking month of March. So it's really rare to see things set in motion this early. And I applaud them for that. And we'll talk about that extensively with Ryback's promo, with Cesaro's promo, with with a few things, with Daniel Bryan. Um, this was another one of those moments where they're building to something bigger. With that being said, I really feel that there were ways around it in which it didn't feel like a complete reset. Um, I honestly feel sometimes, not all the time, but I feel like sometimes Triple H does things specifically to piss off the internet. Um, I've never been of the camp to say that, oh, they're looking at what we say every freaking week. You know, Triple H isn't plugged into his iPhone with, you know, our three voices listening to what we're saying. But at the same time. How cool would that be? (laughs) That would be pretty awesome. (laughs) But at the same time, they get the general idea of what we as a consensus feel towards the product. And instead of thinking to themselves, hey, maybe these, this small minority, which we may be a minority in numbers, but as far as vocal reaction, we are a huge part of the show. We are the crowd. The children are, are products of us as adults. And I don't think they ever really make that connection. Okay? So, anyways... Um, back to what I was saying there, were, <laughs> he's not listening to us, but he's actively trying to piss off, off a, um, a section of his fandom. Um, tonight you saw it. Yes, he's a heel. Yes, he's supposed to smirk. This is supposed to be one of those nudge-nudge things, you know? But at the same time, was there not an easier way around this? This is not – this is like watching a movie and then waking – at the end of the, the movie, having the guy wake up and say it was all a dream. Rarely does that work. Hardly ever does that work. And that's exactly what it felt tonight. I was disappointed. Like, really? This is really? <laughs> I mean, you say it's, it's a means to an end where we're going to eventually get Sting versus Triple H. I could argue that I can make up five different storylines in which it would, it would still happen and we didn't have to get what we got tonight. I mean, this worries me about everything. This worries me about Ziggler, about his push. This negates anything that happened in Survivor Series. There's always going to be a follow up. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they fix this, because as of right now, I think they broke something that really didn't need to be broken. That is the most I've ever heard you talk
0: about something at once in quite a while on here, and I completely understand where you're coming from. The biggest concern for me is the fact is, is that it seems like this was a rush to bring the authority back before 2015 got underway. And as you said, you could think of a couple of way, different ways to bring the authority back and set up the feud with Triple H and staying at WrestleMania that would have centered around doing things other than this. And I'm right there with you because you know I'm a fantasy booker. You know I like to like play out these scenarios and do, to put my own spin on things and stuff. And I could do the same thing. That being said, as long as it doesn't affect... The Sting Triple H match at WrestleMania, as long as it doesn't affect the push that Dolph Ziggler is presently getting, as long as it doesn't affect the fact, and we'll get to this more later on in the show in regards to the return of Daniel Bryan, as long as it doesn't affect his popularity and the fact that he should be the one who, realistically speaking, ends the Authority once and for all, I don't have a problem with it. It was a very long time to get to a very to a very obvious ending and I still don't have a problem with
2: it. Jimmy, see your thoughts? I don't really hate the idea of them bringing back the authority at all because I was hoping eventually that Triple H would come back and make one, you know, big stand at WrestleMania, either against, you know, Cena or Daniel Bryan, again, and maybe have a real match instead of one where Daniel had to win to get into another match, and they could have a nice longer match. Or, you know, obviously... Uh, uh, Triple H and Sting, I was, very, I was very much excited and hoping that they would come back. Maybe not this early, but I'm still not, like, brokenhearted about it because it's kind of like we're entering in the new year, but nothing changed, so that's kind of annoying. My biggest concern is, and I don't know if you guys are going to touch on this later or not, and I failed to mention it to you, They're they're playing the idea that John... John, bring back the authority. Bring back the authority. By the way, they're backstage, and they're waiting for you to say yes so they can come back. Why, why were they there? That was my whole big deal. Like, the, he was freaking out, and, you know, and then psychologically they walk out, and you go, were they here the whole time? Could they have just come out at any time and been like, oh, by the way, we're still here. We're totally here. We didn't just fly here from Connecticut magically from, you know, home and showed up. And it just that's what only, bothered me the most. They're there. They were there the whole time. It's like, is this what we were arguing about in the ring a minute ago? Well,
0: Good, here's but, the uh, only thing I can here's the only thing I can think of to that thought there, Jimmy, is the fact that Seth Rollins and Triple H hatched this plan between the two of them to use this appearance here on the cutting edge with Big Show's help with the world's largest neck massage, as I it in the yes thread.
2: Mm-hmm. To keep
0: edge in place there and force Cena's hand.
1: Yeah, I could buy that. I could. But um, there's a lot of inconsistencies. All of a sudden, Big Show is cool with Brock Lesnar. Um, yep. You know, just the fact that it took 15 minutes for them to get Cena to do something. The reality that Cena stopped the curb stomp even after he made the authority uh, come back when he could have stopped the curb stomp before he made the authority come back. Um, the reality that, like, just, do, just do, due to spatial reasoning um, and the fact that there's an actual... There's an actual physical gap between Rollins and Cena, and then Rollins and the rope. And mathematically, he would have to hit the rope and then come back, which was further than the current length of Cena to uh, Rollins. Um, I just didn't get how that logic worked for him. Christian was laid out for 30 fucking minutes. Edge was moving his legs around once every two minutes. Like, it all took way too long. It all was unbelievable. And it was just another, like, really, guys? <laughs> But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was like, why didn't why, they're going to come out next week and make a 20-minute promo anyway? Why don't you just wait till then? What, what are they doing there? Even if they hatched that plan, like, I get it. They wanted it blow. like I said, that whole tongue-in-cheek, like, ha, 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 we got you guys. Happy New Year, bitches. Um, it, just, it was another, another stab in the voodoo doll that is my believability for this damn show.
2: Yeah. There there was a lot of things that you go, why didn't Cena do this? Why didn't Cena do that? Cena could have stopped him there. You know, He could have taken Jamie Noble and beat the crap out of him when he brought him the mic. He could have done a thousand things, but he didn't.
0: Well, if he's too busy focusing on on beating up Noble, then Rollins is probably able to get the curb in. But I digress trying to... He's
3: got his his
0: own...
2: uh, He's got his own hostage in that situation, then.
0: Fight fire with fire. You honestly... You honestly think that that Weasel Rollins cares about Noble? Well, you
3: I know don't that, that know what he cares even about. that connection,
1: even that connection, bothers me. J and J all of a sudden is loyal to to Seth Rollins. You know that's not where they started, and why would they be if the already doesn't exist anymore? What are they really latching onto? um And the, of course, and all of this uh, could be explained with something, but it's an arrow on Roy, payroll. When did that happen? Go ahead, defend it, Harry. When they're
0: on Rollins' payroll. They were appointed personal security to Seth Rollins by the authority, and despite the fact that the authority's not around on the televised format, they're probably still signing the checks. And one of the checks that they're going to sign is J and J to be Seth Rollins' to be Seth Rollins's personal
1: security. I don't buy it. If my bosses are gone, I'm not feeding anybody special.
0: Hey, Tony, do me a favor. Yeah. Try not to cut yourself on this one.
1: <laughs> I cut myself on a beer mug, um, not a Mountain Dew can. Um, <laughs> hey, we, they make Mountain uh, Dew glass bottles. Yeah, they do, but those are the real sugar kind, and they they kind of get to me. Um, okay, so I believe my first view is about Ryback, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, Ryback right is a package. <laughs> Giggity. Um, We saw something a little interesting today. um, And there was one instance where they did it right, one instance where they did it wrong. It was kind of like what I was saying with regards to a a kind of a new feel for the show and an overabundance of promo and vignettes and whatnot. We only had like six matches, and one of them was hardly a match. Um, So uh, Ryback went to the ring. He did his save for Dolph Ziggler, and then the commercial happened. We come back to the ring, and Ryback's still standing there. And he gives basically a tale of him and how he became where he is today, all the way back to Tough Enough in 2004 um, when I graduated, also when Tough Enough was you know, an actual
2: competition. Um,
1: so Ryback didn't win. He got sent home. And then he went back. He, he, he mentioned The Secret, which is a book about um, – to give a small book review, this book tells you shit that you should already know as a human being. And if you don't know it, read it. If you do know it, then more power to you. Uh, Ryback read it, it felt enlightened and felt like, you know, positive thinking, positive thinking, positive thinking. He mentioned CM Punk without mentioning it, in my opinion, which led to a connection. Whether I connected with him or not is irrelevant. It led to a connection with the fans. This is something that I feel they have not done for a lot of superstars. Um, this is the moment where Ryback stopped being a caricature, stopped being a character, and became somewhat human. He showed vulnerability, he showed emotion, and he gave, the, he gave the fans something to latch onto. I'll admit that it was a little weird to me, that it came off a little awkward. He stumbled just a little bit in the beginning, but that doesn't matter. All of that is an analytical point of view that only people like you, myself, like us three would do. From the larger scale, from the fans' point of view, this was a huge moment for the character Ryback for the person, Ryback, and if they do shit like this the right way, they're going to build actual people that we can attach ourselves to as fans. Later on in the show, they didn't do it the right way, and I'll talk about that, um, because it was at the expense of someone really awesome, (laughs) but as far as this Ryback moment goes, I believe and I hope that this was just a sign of things to come, and not some sort of inside jab at CM Punk simply because they needed to do it. This was something bigger, hopefully, and if they continue to do this with people in different ways, it's going to be great. Two things to touch on with that.
0: One, I think the the, uh, Cesaro promo right before his match uh, was a lot more of a jab at CM Punk than anything that that Ryback said. Second of all, and just as importantly here, uh, obviously you know our friends at, at W2M. Uh, Sean Garmer, Gary jo- uh Yeah, Gary Jovan, and Paul Brian Leeser. We were having a conversation this past week when I joined them as a special guest for their 122nd episode of Lucha Underground. We discussed Lucha Underground in full detail. I don't know how much of Lucha Underground you've watched, I'm telling you. About but one me? of the things... <laughs> all right, but one of the things that you'll notice that Lucha Underground does is they do these video packages for all their characters in order to introduce you to who this person is, why he is what he is, and the reason that he is the way that he is. I feel that that's exactly what they did tonight with Ryback, and I can't help but think that that's going to be a good thing going forward in order to create more of an interest in regards to not just the monster side of Ryback, but actually people giving a crap about the person behind the Ryback character. You can have that Terminator character, and the original, as I understand it, the original variation for the Ryback character was that he was part machine, I think is how they wanted to spin it or whatever, and that's not going to work in this, kind of, in this kind of day and age. However, when you put the actual semblance of giving a crap in regards to the man behind the character, Ryan Reeves, around in 2004, losing out on his career breaking his ankle when he finally got his big break back in 2010, and then dedicating himself to coming back and being even better than he was back then. And he is. He's a much better worker now than he was when he was in the Nexus. He's a much better worker now than when he was in the NXT. He's a much better promo now than when he was in NXT. These are all signs of the maturation process of Ryback, and something that, as you said, is going to do nothing but help them going forward in order to get them more of a, more of a fan base and more of a caring about the actual character. Rather than just the stuff that he does inside of the ring and the three minute squash matches that he's traditionally having. Jimmy C?
2: Yeah, I enjoyed the Ryback promo a lot more than I saw it when I, you know, they came back from the commercial and I saw him on the mic. I said to myself, oh no, someone stop this immediately. But I was very impressed. And the reason is that in this day and age, it is so much. incredibly imperative to be able to relate superstars or at least in my opinion to its fan base you know cena comes out and cuts a million promos a year and the people love him well it's no wonder they love him because they know how he feels about everything they know his entire life story they know each of his emotions they know how he feels about each and every little thing and all the fans, young and old, are able to understand and make their own perception of him. You can't say that about a lot of other uh, superstars. And you know, when you thought about, when you think about, you know, uh, superstars over the past 25 years, you talk about guys like Hogan, cuts a million promos, everybody loves them. Uh, the Rock cuts a million promos, everybody loves them. Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all the way up to John Cena of our time now, and they all have that same thing in common. They are very talented on the mic enough that they can express themselves and therefore relate to their fan base. I think now that there is this new age of um, technology and social media, you have to be able to put more of that out into the world, because not everybody is going to sit there and watch a promo while they're on TV. They need to get more of those on, you know, WWE.com, get them on the network, let the people see what your character is about. That's almost why people almost, I don't know why, they enjoyed the New Day so much more when they came in, because they already kind of put their ideas across. They got their process, and people know, knew what they were about. Adam Rose is another perfect one. Everybody knew he wanted to party all the time. And, you know, every day is a party and all that. And they got behind him. People were super excited about him just coming in without seeing anything outside of NXT. And it's just one of those things where you look at today's day and age and you go, what is it that is going to make people buy in to this certain superstar or this certain superstar? And it comes down to being able to relate to somebody. And I think that's ultimately something that the WWE has not been very good at over the past 10 to 15 years, outside of a few names that we could pop off the top of our heads. And hopefully they get back to something like this for every person on their roster, not just Ryback, but more guys down the line.
3: Yeah, the...
0: The thing about it is is I don't know if everybody's going to have the chops to be able to pull off a promo like this on a consistent basis, but you have to give these guys these opportunities to show that they can in order to help establish the fan bases that you want them to establish. It's like Jimmy just said there. The guys that have, lar- the, guys that have the largest followings are usually the guys who get the chances to explain themselves and why they've done what they've done and who they're doing what they're doing for Look at all the mic time Ziggler's been getting lately with his re- renewed push. Look at all the mic time, as he said, that Cena gets. Look at all the mic time that uh, Harper gets, and that's explaining more and more into the Luke Harper character as well. Things like this are going to yeah. do nothing but increase the characters themselves, and, and I think in the long run that benefits the fan base, and it benefits the writers by having deeper characters to, with which to work.
1: Yeah, and not everybody needs you know, that particular... Um push, I guess you could say. Not everyone needs to do what Ryback did. Um, in fact, if everyone did what Ryback did, it would come off as um, you know copying and just unnatural, and that in turn would turn into something that was fraudulent. But giving some inside scope, and I don't mean total divas, but giving some insight onto why these people are doing what they're doing. Why are you half naked in the middle of a ring fighting another guy? What is driving that? What is your passion? What is bringing you to this table to say, yes, I want to do this? Let me know so that I could say, wow, well, shit, I respect you.
0: <laughs> and as you said earlier, Tony, it definitely adds a more human element to the sh- to the Ryback character, which I think fans can get behind as well.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: usually we'd go directly into quick hits here, but we actually have a bit of a break from quick hits here to start. We'll do quick hits a little bit later on in the show because there's not a whole lot to get to. We're touching on pretty much everything else during the course of the show itself. Uh, Jimmy. Hello.
2: I'm afraid I have a bit of bad news. Better not be for me. (laughs) That was your cue. Oh my god. Is anybody else excited about the return, the TV return, of Bad News Barrett? We've waited a long six months for this, and I know everybody on the IWC, including myself, is incredibly happy that he's returned You know, I was so afraid that they were going to choose to go with Orton returning instead of him tonight, which, you know, hypothetically didn't exactly not happen. But uh, the return of Bad News Barrett, I've waited six months for this. I'm a big fan of his. A lot of fun stuff went on that match. I mean, it was really just a physical beatdown for each of them, which is, you know, their style. It's great to watch. And it just shows how uh, great a shape the both of them are in. They just go in there, they beat the crap out of each other. They tell a solid story, and then they go home with it. It's fabulous, it's easy, it's you know poignant, it's fun to watch. And you don't even have to... You, know, you, you People love to watch that. If you're going to watch something, a lot of people will go, oh, well, they didn't do anything but a bunch of high, high-flying, flippy, spot-monkey shit. Well, guess what? These guys don't do that. They just beat the hell out of each other. And it's glorious. I love that type of wrestling. I love a good physical beatdown with a nice little story thrown in the middle. And finally, I get that back with Barrett. Hopefully, Swagger stays the hell away from him.
0: (laughs) Uh, A couple of things to touch on with regards to what you just said there. Um, The first thing being that it's about time. And I think that they've been waiting for the right time to bring him back to TV. I'm afraid I've
3: got some bad news! <laughs> uh,
0: the Something. two things in that question are, one, it appears that he's being brought back as a babyface. Do you guys think that he'll succeed as a babyface?
2: I don't um, necessarily think that it's a babyface. I don't necessarily think that at all. It's just Cesaro is out there running his mouth, and who better to go out and beat up than you know, the quote for quote unquote strongest guy in the wrestling WWE pound for pound. Well, he just went out there and beat the crap out of him, And it wasn't yeah. some technical wrestling match. It was a straight up street fight brawl that both of them love to do. And, you know, Barrett comes out on top. I think that he looks better for that.
1: Yeah. I would liken that, uh, that reaction to his return more so than him actually being a face. Um, he didn't win, um, fairly, uh, nor did he need to, but he uh yeah that 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 was more of a hey glad to see that you're back now hurry up and piss me off, um <laughs> which he'll do pretty soon um, that's what I yeah,
3: think. Yeah, I would was. imagine. It
1: was- yeah, it's like Tony just said there. I
0: would imagine given the depth of, depth, the lack of depth at main event level heels that we're gonna see Barrett back on the full heel fence sooner rather than later, and especially when you factor in the the dirty finish with him going to the eyes of Cesaro. Um, the other thing that I said there is, and this kind of goes out to the yes guys, because we, uh, we know that a lot of our listeners come from that page and stuff here. Um, if any of you guys are thinking that Cesaro was buried in that match tonight, you're a freaking idiot. Yeah. They um, had a back and forth match for the better they had a back and forth match for the better part of about six or seven minutes there where it was just them beating the doll crap out of each other, which is exactly what I wanted. And Cesaro losing to Barrett and Barrett's return is not a knock on Cesaro. It's more of the fact that they may still have some kind of hope for what Barrett can be. Cesaro's Cesaro's
1: time will come. Mm, my, um, my immediate reaction to what I saw was, why did they use Cesaro? Like, that was my immediate reaction. Like, Cesaro's sitting there with a towel over his head, and he starts this promo, which is bound to be shoot-like. Like, it was, it was hitting that moment where it was going to blend reality and fiction. And it was talking about stuff that only we knew about and children didn't, but it was also giving a heel side in which everyone could, uh, could latch on to. He's not there to impress us. He's not there to connect to us, which ironically enough would connect to us even more. But that's his point is he's there to kick ass. He's there to beat people. So my 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 feeling wasn't that he was overshadowed or that he was buried. I, I completely agree with you, Harry. He wasn't at all. That was a that was a man on man, uh fucking Barrett cheated. Um Cesaro's gonna be okay. What bothered me was the promo that started it. You can go out there and say I'm the toughest sob. I'm the I'm the muscle man, pound for pound. I can do this and that. But and, and that would have been fine, if you went out there and said, "That's who I am. That's what I do. I beat ass and I challenge anyone to come out." Great. But totally- adding in that what?
3: Oh yeah. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that that
1: that integral part of the promo that essentially said. I know that the higher-ups believe that I cannot connect with the fans. I know that this has been talked about. I know that I'm in a place and a position where I have to prove myself. Well, you know what? Fuck you guys. Right then and there, he blended reality with fiction. He blended his, the reality of his uprise or lack thereof and the, the, the fiction that he as a character doesn't give a damn about that. The man himself cares, obviously. He's a wrestler. He's a wrestling fan. So there's there's emotion there that will carry over, but the character doesn't have to care. He's not there to impress us. That there it was like two promos melded into one, and if half of that promo never would have existed, they could have used it. A week later, two weeks later, and he would have and he could have springboarded from that and been something huge. And maybe they still can. I don't know, but I just don't like the fact that he he seems so serious. The towel over the head. I, I, these, are the, these are the little things, the little the, the minute differences of wrestlers where you're like, oh shit, something's about to go down. He's leaning against the ropes, sitting down with a towel over his head. Similar to CM Punk sitting Indian style at the top of the ramp, it's a minute difference that changes the entire outlook of you as a wrestling fan thinking to yourself, shit's going to go down. And I, I can't help but feel that they wasted that portion of the promo for Barrett's return. Everything else was perfect. I just... It was just that little piece that really, really was another disappointing sign, of, uh, and a lot of things disappoint me tonight, of good idea, bad execution, and or wrong time for it.
0: One of the things that bothered me the most about this is it honestly looked like there may have been some opportunity for them to start giving a crap about Cesaro again. And I think that there are more than enough people, especially in the smart fan audience, the IWC crowd that we've mentioned here and stuff, the, the people like us that are doing these shows, that are talking about these shows, that are watching these shows on, that are following these careers of the guys that they've followed ever since they were rising their way up through the independent <clears throat> circuit, that wants to see Cesaro succeed on a much grander scale than what he has. And they're teasing that that's gonna happen with him getting the mic time, with him getting the chance to show some semblance of adding a character, was a new T shirt he was wearing too. The T shirt mm-hmm. that said professional. And I was expecting if you were to turn around and show the back of the T shirt it would have said wrestler. Along the same lines of like what CM Punk did when he did the cross leg promo in the middle of the ring back in, on that June up on that fateful June episode of Raw back in two thousand and eleven. My thing about it is, though, is you take all of that and then you immediately flush it down the toilet by having him be the guy that Barrett, that Barrett defeats in Barrett's return. I have no problem with the match itself. I like watching these two guys kick the crap out of each other because it's the exact style that both of them enjoy working in. it's the exact style that both of them are good at. But as you said, Tony, there wasn't anybody else
1: that we could have fed to Barrett there and actually given Cesaro a chance to pick up a, a, pick up a big victory. I really feel that they believe we cannot latch on to more than five characters at the top. You know that my little brothers know all of the fucking Pokemon. How many is that? Like two hundred little creatures that. My, my friends
2: listen. My friends listen. I'm a grown ass man, and there's a Pokemon game sitting in my living room. I can tell you there are many, many more than two hundred.
1: Exactly. And you know who who knows all about them? Kids. And you know who knows all these wrestlers? Us. So don't tell me, not yeah. you, but WWE, that there could only be like five dudes at the top. I mean, we can handle it, guys. We can handle Cesaro being on equal footing with Wade Barrett. We can handle him being on equal footing with Cena. Um, it's just, I, don't, I loved the interaction. I want to see them with 10 more minutes. I want to see an uppercut block a bullhammer. I want to see welts and bruises. At the end of the day, we are savages. We are men. We want to see this shit go down. But we also want emotion behind it. And it was just one of those things. To me, it was a missed opportunity. You know, it, it wasn't like a deflated balloon. It was like a balloon that just flew out into the sky. Like, you guys fucked up. <laughs> you could have really held on to that promo for later on in the year, for that moment where you finally got behind him. That was one of those promos. That was one of those golden promos where you're like, oh, shit. It's going to go down. And now we've got a wasted opportunity.
3: Jimmy,
0: your thoughts? Ah,
2: I, I'm i a big fan of Cesaro's too. I've watched a lot of his stuff from down in the indies. And I am one of those people that want to see him succeed at the next level. And I don't necessarily think he's not succeeding. Sure, he's not going over in matches, and he's not, you know, the the world heavyweight champion currently. But I think that right now, he's he's got to eat his crow and bite, uh, bite his time. And eventually, I think within the next six months, things will turn back around for him. He's just got to make it work for him. He's got to do all the right things, and he's got to you know, appreciate what he's got. I mean, we all know why he's on the bottom. It's not a mystery to people. But time changes these things. We gotta gotta wait it out. It's one of those storms that you just have to wait out.
0: Yeah, but how many times have they tried to do this with other people when it's ended up frustrating them to the point that we never were able to see the full potential of the characters involved there? I worry that the same thing could happen with Cesaro. And fans would miss out on the opportunity to see what an excellent worker he really and truly is.
2: I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing the history and the reputation that the Fed tends to have in these situations, Harry. I'm not arguing that at all. But this is certainly not some guy that they plan on just putting out on the street. I don't think that WWE has a plan for him currently. They want to throw a lot into the mix. You know, they're bringing Barrett back. Obviously, they're bringing another goat face back. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot going on, and you can't have, unfortunately, according to the WWE, everybody win every single night. It's just, I think tonight was one of those golden promos, like Tony said. And hopefully he'll be able to run with something like that in the next year and things will turn back around for him and he'll return to where he was before. It it only takes one time, one night, for things to change for a guy. So don't, don't count him out or the WWE out with him just yet.
3: Yeah, it's and I really want to be stated, clear to, to
1: anybody that's listening that this isn't a complaint about the lack of push of Cesaro. Um, even though I said that there could be over 200 Pokemon and there could be many wrestlers at the top, there is also truth to biding your time, waiting for the right moment, and, and also just the fact that there, there just may not be room. We are on our way to WrestleMania. You, you, there may not be room for you at the top. And, and as in any profession, there's going to be a moment where you can prove yourself. And if there isn't a moment where you can prove yourself, you either shut up and keep doing what you're doing, find a way to prove yourself, or leave. Find yourself another job. Um, of course, that's a loose relation between employment and WWE because there's so many different strings attached to that. But the reality of the situation is maybe right now Cesaro isn't, isn't the time frame. My, my, the, the focal point of what I'm saying and, and what I really want to get across is just missed opportunities, missing an opportunity, or in some ways fast-forwarding moments in wrestling that could be elongated to be something special. Case in point, the authority returning within one month. But um, that's kind of what, I, what, what, I'm, what I'm pointing to right now, the rushed state of wrestling, promos, fandoms, matches, everything. Um, and that leads into a whole other discussion of three-hour Raws and seven to ten-plus hours of wrestling per week and the network and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I just want to point out this isn't about Cesaro's push. Whether people want it or not, even if I want it, now isn't the time, and I'm perfectly okay with that. This is about a promo, that could have been gold and was
3: just bronze. Uh, we have a caller, guys. Oh. We have a caller?
0: <laughs> Would you like to guess who it is?
3: <laughs> is it, is <laughs> no, it Johnny? Hey, little John, John,
0: can you hear us?
3: Yes, no, I can. Yes, yes, I am, John. <laughs> uh. How y'all's See, Tony
2: Christmas?
3: Paid attention to her. if Tony paid
2: attention to our callers, he would have known who it is. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. He's selfish.
3: Hallelujah. Hey, 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 hold on. But how was y'all's Christmas?
1: It was great.
3: Uh, me too. Mine was, too. It was great. Got uh, some action figures, too. Got Daniel Bryan, Los Manadois, uh, the Wyatt Family, and the Usos. Nice. Harry's anyway, a big uh, action figure guy. I am a big action figure guy. But anyway, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Yes, let's. I think Raw, Raw was a pretty awesome show, but the ending was terribly, was terribly awful because I didn't know that Dia Tony was coming back, and Seth Rollins was like, Cena, give me, give me something back. I was like, well Ronz is gonna give Sting- well is gonna ask for a number one contenders match against Cena and well I ha- well and then he said All right, all right, I'll bring the authority back. Can someone please bring Sting into the WWE to shut them down? <laughs> Didn't oh. that already happen? No,
2: we yeah. did shut them down. Yeah. Pretty sure that already happened one time. I
3: remember yeah, and I watched the been, show. I know, I did too, but but they <laughs> but they um looks like they're coming back for good. Another thing I wanna point out is uh last week I did talk about Roman Reigns winning the ball, but I think I should change my pick now. I think I might have to change my pick.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I wonder who you think will be uh, taking the No. Roy there's Rumble no changing round.
3: picks. You can't change a pick. <laughs> there's no changing picks. Maybe, maybe I'll just go with two potential winners. Okay. My first <laughs> one uh, will be Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Who? I've been calling Bryan, Bryan coming back in the world.
0: Tony, don't be an ass. I've been calling Brian coming back since the rumor came out about the second surgery, and then, then nothing ever further went from it. And Realistically speaking, I don't know if the actual surgery happened or not, but I'm willing to bet that it's entirely possible that it might have been a case of them wanting to uh, make you think that Brian was perhaps more injured than what he really was.
3: Here's what my, my theory of the Royal Rumble match could be. I know since the back, I know they're going to put Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan in an early spot. I give number one to Roman Reigns, and I would give number two to Daniel Bryan.
0: I don't think that putting Bryan into the Rumble that early is a wise decision, especially if this is going to be his first
2: match back. Yes. Yeah. There's I no way late Roman Reigns goes in number one. There's zero possibility.
3: I agree. I Have agree. Bryan and Reigns both into late-entry numbers. But, um, you know, considering uh, before I want to go, I want to talk about this first, the main event between Cena and Lesnar, too. I mean, at the Royal Rumble, I mean, you could look at it different ways. Raw Rumble match could be on before Cena versus Lesnar. Cena could win the title over Lesnar, and then Rollins might cash in his briefcase against Cena. I
0: think the absolute earliest we see Rollins cash in is WrestleMania. I yeah,
3: just,
2: I can't see I can't see them not putting the Rumble match as the main event.
3: Hey, that would be. Hey, uh, Harry, that would be the uh, first time, no, Tony, that would be the first time that a wrestler cashed in money in the bank at WrestleMania, am I right?
1: Hey, as far as I know, yeah.
3: Yeah. because we've never seen anyone cash in a money in the bank at WrestleMania. Sounds like you guys are, 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 are you sure you all are okay, I'm <laughs> hearing
0: red. Yeah. Air. We're good. I had a I had a moment there. I was in the middle of taking a bite. Anyway,
1: oh.
0: um, yeah. As far as the actual the title match at Rumble goes, I think Cena Lesnar goes on before the Rumble itself, and I think Rollins is a participant in the Rumble. So I don't believe that we're going to see Rollins cashing at the Rumble. Um, as far as tonight's episode of Raw goes. In regards to Brian, one of the big things in regards to Brian's return is the fact that they're teasing the fact that there are going to be many people that could win the Rumble this year, and I like that. And as Jimmy said, there's no way that Reigns is going in number one. It makes no sense. Yeah. If Reigns, is going, Reigns enters the Rumble, he probably enters it around 12, 10 or 12. Yeah. Here's,
3: that
0: would but, here's lot lot dark... but here's a that lot
3: of dark a lot forces. <laughs> But here's a lot of dark horses I'm picking. Rusev, Dean Ambrose, or Bray Wyatt. (laughs) I guarantee it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's a pleasure for having me on, and I'll talk to you all next week. And hopefully the first Raw of 2015 will even be better. (laughs) Yes, hope so. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Are we already talking about the Rumble? <laughs> no.
1: Right around the corner.
2: <laughs> well, since we're talking about the Rumble, good old Jimmy Christopher's got his pick to win. No. Um, I I think that I, <laughs> I put a lot of thought into who I think could or should or would win, man. And after tonight, I'm going to go out on a limb. Good old Jimmy Christopher doesn't work well on limbs, dude. They don't hold much weight. I'm fat ass champion. Especially
0: not of a world fat ass champion.
2: No, Mm -hmm. it's a dangerous place. Dude, I'm calling Triple H enters the Rumble, wins, gives his spot to Rollins. Calling it now. Okay. Oh god, I Hmm. hope not. There's my there's my crazy pick for the year.
0: I think you're right and then Triple H enters the Rumble. But I think a certain vigilante is the reason that he doesn't win it.
2: No, oh, boo. Boo. I well, only make appearances at pay per views. Boo.
3: <laughs> boo earns.
2: Boo that man. I think that I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. If Tony Acero enters the Royal Rumble, he better have a ticket for me to get in. I've eliminated somebody from a Battle Royal one. That was good times. Did you? How'd oh, that go? Really well. He, he he, lost.
0: <laughs> One of the benefits of knowing people, I guess. All right, shall we continue with the show?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: We are so far behind schedule, it is not even funny. A
1: little funny.
0: That's uh, probably. probably my fault. Okay, it's a little. No, we'll, just, uh, we'll just end up going into the overrun tonight because, you know, it's not like we haven't done it the last three weeks anyway.
3: Uh, let's yeah. talk about Raw.
0: Tony? You posted yes. this here. Reigns versus Rollins plus show equals entertainment? Question mark?
3: Um,
0: I think it's going to be a case of Reigns is eventually going to have to go through Big Show to get to Seth Rollins for the final once and for all blow off. And I'm okay with that because I think that despite the fact that the match tonight between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins was a little bit lackluster and the crowd was surprisingly dead for it, I I think that there's enough of an interest in order to build up to a larger era showdown like the cash-in of Money in the Bank at WrestleMania and then going forward into the, pay- the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, whatever it happens to be. I don't know if they're going to keep the Extreme Rules name or if they're going to go with something else or what have you. They always switch these things around. but So I have an interest in seeing how Reigns is able to tolerate Big Show while still trying to get to Rollins, and I have an interest in seeing where Rollins goes from here. As far as tonight goes, I think a dead crowd hurt them, and the fact that I believe that their their game would be up if they had a crowd that actually gave a crap about what they were doing. And tonight's raw crowd clearly did not.
3: Yeah, what was up with that? Um, I think it was the dead crowd was
1: mainly. Well, I mean, you you never know with the crowds these days, but a lot of it had to do with the dead spots in the match. Um there was about two to three of them that were a little bit longer than they should have been, uh, especially with someone like Reigns in there. Uh, not to say that he's bad. I mean, I've, we've been, I've been harping on this for weeks now that, you know, people say Reigns can't wrestle when he's been injured for however long, like, how do you know? Um, this, this was a perfectly serviceable match. It was, there was nothing wrong with it, uh, except for the extended chokeholds that I think really helped to kill the crowd. um, Big Show on commentary is something that I wanted to mention. He did a lot to build both characters. And it, it's very interesting to see someone from someone who's been in the business for a long time on commentary because it's like they get it. And that's so sad because it just makes me feel like those are the ones that should be writing the show. They know exactly what to express on the microphone on commentary. I mean, he outshone JBL, Michael Cole, and King all at once that, That's not
0: that big of an accomplishment.
2: Of course. Second of all, the second Harry, he did not outshine JBL, sir.
1: Everybody outshining
2: JBL now. He talked a lot. I will give him that. He spoke a lot, and he put those two over like crazy. But to argue that he outshined them, I personally disagree.
1: That's, well maybe it's, I, maybe I feel that way because I'm just bothered by the, the trio that we have, and, and that it's so interesting to see someone anyone new, say anything resembling care for what's going on in the middle of the ring, aside from selfies on the side you know sidelines.
0: Yeah, yeah and that's the thing that I think Tony, I think that's the main point that Tony is raising here is the fact that Big Show actually made you care about what was going on inside of the ring. Without trying to, and in the same time, was able to get himself over at the same time, would not be at the expense of the match itself.
2: Okay, no, that's that's a completely legitimate argument, and I completely understand it and agree with it. Yeah, but um, well, back
1: to the the match itself, and and Rollins and Reigns, and the reason why. Well, I think, like I said, the dead spots are, are really what would help to kill the match. Um, the reason why I asked entertainment is is. A couple of weeks from, from today, we saw Big Show and Reigns on a one-on-one scale. And that was what we were assumed to be led to believe who was going to be the next program. And then we have a match with Rollins with little to no build. And it should be a bigger deal because it's the Shield and everything. But even that is a minute argument. So the question, entertainment, was whether or not you guys are okay with shoehorning uh, well, not even shoehorning, but basically combining the storylines that were separated, and even they weren't even completely separated. Uh, For my own opinion, I don't, I didn't mind it. I don't, I don't see any issue with it, and it helped to bleed into the ending of the show, which um, another, another, another little quirk. Why wasn't Reigns there? Why didn't he possibly show up or something? Not to say that he would. It's just one of those questions that arose. Um, yeah, so I was just curious as to what you guys thought with this whole combining of the storylines into one, basically, huge one that's leading into the Royal Rumble?
3: I'm
0: actually okay with it because I think that they want to keep Roman Reigns looking strong and Realistically speaking, as I said last week here on The Reaction, Seth Rollins holding the money in the bank contract doesn't need to be eating pinfall losses on a regular basis. Now, If they're going to have Roman Reigns find a tag team partner to take on R- Rollins and, and show and let show take the losses in those matches, despite the fact they've been kind of protecting show lately too, then I would be more okay with it. But if you're going to have them teaming up and still having Rollins doing the jobs, then I would have an issue with it. But it gives, some, it gives Rollins somebody else to work off of. It gives Wallens another character to uh to apply his weaseliness with. And with the official return of the authority tonight, which I think was overshadowed by the fact which I think was excuse me, pre shadowed. What's the word I'm looking for here, Tony? Uh foreshadowed? Yes, thank you. I knew it was shadow something. Thank you. It <laughs> yeah, was foreshadowed. It's been, a long, it's been a long weekend. That was foreshadowed which went, went down regards to Rollins and Big Show once again reuniting on a full-time regular basis. Alright, with that note, we go into Harry's hit. Here
1: comes the Here comes the Here comes the here, here comes the oh,
3: oh. Here
2: comes the oh, oh. Here comes the
3: Here comes the Y'all don't really worry,
0: All right, so Harry's hit here. Um, I'm going to take two parts of tonight's show with my hit because I feel that they were equally important to each other, therefore they're kind of tied together, and the reason I say that is... All right, the very first thing I want to start with is the fact that we are going to end 2014 and go into 2015 with the Usos as the WWE World Tag Team Champions. Tony, Jimmy, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that real quick, and then I'll get more involved into my thoughts on the situation
1: and tie it into the second match as well. Um... Well, it was kind of disappointing to see Sandow and Miz lose the belts after winning them not too long ago, but it was also one of those things that you knew was coming um, mainly because I hope that this is the beginning of Miz versus Sandow um, that will culminate at a match at WrestleMania. They deserve it. They put in a lot of work for it and I'm hoping that's where they're going. We knew it was coming. And this is again, one of those moments where I'm surprised that they're doing it now and not two weeks before WrestleMania. So if that is the route that they're going, then it will be one of those things that I'll be okay with to see where they go from
2: here. Jimmy C? Yeah, I kind of—I mean, it was written on the walls ever since before TLC, really, that Miz mm-hmm. was still kind of using Sandow as a, a, a shield, really, to protect himself. And he would throw Sandow in his way constantly, constantly in front of him to protect himself from an attack from an opponent. And it would end up costing them a match. And tonight it ended up costing them the tag team titles. And even after the match, if you watched, uh, you see Miz sitting out on the floor there just staring angrily at Sandow, mm-hmm. and you know that that yep, it's that psychological storytelling that Miz does so well. And next show, or before we know it, maybe even uh, superstars or main event or what have you, there's going to be a promo with those two where he's going to be screaming at him And hopefully by next week, Miz Dow will have broken free of that stranglehold, per se, that Miz has on him. And we'll get to see that match, hopefully not at Rumble, because I'd rather see what they do at the Rumble. Maybe, hopefully, Sandow doesn't eliminate himself when Miz gets eliminated. But I would love to see those two one-on-one at WrestleMania. As Tony said, they've earned it. They put in a lot of work to get that character and the story over. And I don't see why they wouldn't be deserving of that.
0: I think it's too early to break them up. And the reason I say that is because you still have the Rumble to come up, and you can do plenty to advance the storyline there by having Ms. Dow eliminate Miz in the Rumble. And I know I said before that that wasn't going to happen, but I think after what happened tonight on Raw, the writing is on the wall as far as the turn goes. Miz Dow's full, full babyface turn is forthcoming. I just hope they don't pull the trigger on it too quickly. And the reason I say that Ms. Dow's full trigger on his babyface turn is forthcoming is because of what happened in the second match for Ms. and Ms. Dow in the evening when they took on the debuting Ascension. And placement killed this match. Absolutely. They put, they put this match right after Brian's announcement and right before the cutting edge peep show. The fans could not have cared less, and it's unfortunate to see that because I'm worried that, they, that the people up in the WWE might feel that this is a reflection on to the thought process of how the fans are going to react to Rick Victor and Conor O'Brien going forward, and that's unfair to both of those guys because they both put in a lot of work in order to develop the Ascension characters, even though they got kind of turned into a Road Warrior imitation tag team.
2: Well, it's one of those situations where you have to face facts and realize that the WWE has no idea what they're doing with their tag team division. They haven't been able to do anything with their tag team division since before I was out of high school, which is back in 2001. Uh, I've watched this program for a long, long time. Yes, I said I was very young. Isn't that cute? Um, (laughs) Would I be very, very old? No, that would make me older. I'm not that old. Hmm. I'm going to have to go back and rephrase that later. But the fact of the matter is, the WWE doesn't know what they're doing with the tag team division. They haven't done anything with that tag team division since the mid-90s. Uh, I mean, you could argue maybe uh, in the late 90s with Edge and Christian Hardys, Dudleys, and they carried over and uh, through and past the Attitude Era, and it kind of made it better. But then after that, you know, you've had teams, you know, Kidman and uh, Kendrick were okay. London. Or London, I'm sorry, London Kendrick, not Kidman. Poor Kidman. I remember that guy. That's besides the point. I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. You guys both know this. But knowing how bad the WWE is with their tag team division, how badly they handle it year in and year out, you almost uh, you almost see this coming and you're almost not surprised by it at all. You you say to yourself, man, and I said it, you know, to the misses about halfway through the show, I'm like, man, they're waiting a long time to put Daniel Bryan on and the Ascension on. What's going on here? And it came down to you know, Daniel Bryan's little speech, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble, had more significance and more time than the Ascension's match against Miz and And it just goes to show how little they care about the tag team division and just how much time and effort they're going to put into every other insignificant storyline and you know the the bringing back of the authority and how much time they needed to put into that that they to shit on guys that were making their debut match and it's really really a sad time for the tag team division and for the Ascension.
0: Uh, Tony, your thoughts on the way the debut of the Ascension was handled?
1: Yeah, I felt really bad for them. Um, I don't watch a lot of NXT, and what I have seen of them is just they're they're they're. They're pretty good at what they do. They've got a unique look. And I don't care if there's little signs of any past tag teams. Like, that doesn't matter to me as long as they can put together something. Uh, Connor O'Brien has never been a favorite of mine. But um, with that comes growth. With these guys has, has come growth. So you build up these people. You build up this debut. You put it out there as something bigger than just a random tag team. These people are supposed to be some something that you're like, oh, shit. Um. Then what happens? <laughs> Nothing. Then you're you're right. It was horrible placement. Uh, I, I think even the intro seemed like fast. You know, it, it was like they just they just completely said there's too much going on today. Let's just put them out there, and do what they got to do, and then move on. Man, I, I if I were if I were if I were them, if I were Victor and Connor, I'd be like, what the fuck was that, guys? Like, we couldn't wait. <laughs> this was a show that was overloaded with important, quote-unquote, important things, and they got lost in the shuffle, and they maybe hurt pretty much
2: forever for it. It you doesn't help that the crowd sucked tonight, either.
0: No, that's the thing. The crowd didn't completely suck for a lot of the show. The problem is, is the fact that they put them in a spot where they knew that the crow was gonna be
2: dead. Uh, can I ask a quick
3: question yes.
0: here? Do you guys remember when I said last week that debuting them on the last show of the year would be a massive mistake?
2: Uh, I'm eating the crow right now, Harry. Leave me alone. It tastes so bad.
0: Tony, do you <clears> remember when I
2: said that? I don't know what you're talking about. Of course. No, no my you run away. You run away and you hide in your corner. <laughs>
0: you had to figure that they were going to try to do something special for the last show of the year. And in the process of them trying to do something special for the, for the last show of the year, the Ascension was going to get lost in the aftermath. And unfortunately that is exactly what happened to Connor and Victor. And I feel bad for them, but unfortunately it's nothing I didn't see coming. Hopefully they can recover because hopefully they can recover because I honestly think that there would be a market towards the, uh, The way that they are, the way that they wrestle, the way that they destroy people and just train wreck people. like Give them the most matadors at the start of the show rather than having to give us the two segments that the Harper and Swagger match got. Give them, I don't know, give them Adam Rose and the Bunny. I don't care. Nobody cares about the Bunny. and The Bunny wasn't even on the show today. Give them something where they would have a chance to stand out and people would be able to see how unique they are Without having them pushed to the background. And that is
1: exactly what happened to Rick Victor and Connor O'Brien tonight. It is a sign of the times of the, um, of the tag teams in wrestling. And I'll, I'll agree with uh, Jimmy on that one. All
0: right. On that note here, since we, uh, since we moved it out of its regular place in order to let Jimmy get his thing about Bad News Barrett in, let's go back and hit some quick hits real quick.
2: Oh, so now it's bang, my bang, fault. Bang, 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 bang! Try and stop it. That's that deal bang. with it. Here I come! Bang! Bang! Yes, it is your fault.
3: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Only two things to get to in quick hits here, and then we'll get into some plugs. Um, Nikki and Natalia. Well, so much for my theory about Natalia being the number one contender.
1: Yeah, remember what we said about last week, Jimmy and I, about... Uh, well, you agreed with us, Harry, but about how essentially these matches aren't even matches anymore as much as they're commercials for Total Divas. I mean, he, Cole literally said it. Well, wonder what's going to happen. Find out when Total Divas, Total Divas returns on E! on January, whatever date they're returning. Really, guys? That was completely blatant. Um, <laughs> like, Like, okay, so... First of all, we don't care about this match, but if we did care about it, we would have to see the eventual resolution end on a reality TV show, not on the show that you want us to watch on a weekly basis that is losing viewers every week. I'm confused.
0: Jimmy C?
2: I was in the bathroom for that match. (laughs) I'm completely honest, and I'm ashamed to say it. I mean, not so much ashamed as ashamed of saying it on a radio show about wrestling that I was in the bathroom during one of the matches, and when I came out, it was over. But that's, I mean, that's really what happened, and I am quite ashamed. Yeah, well,
1: uh, Wait, in case you didn't hear it, that is literally what Cole said at the end of the match. Find out if, or, you know, see the resolution, or find out how this gets resolved on Total Divas when it returns.
2: Did they really say that on air? That's exactly, well, I don't know...
0: It was something very close to that. It was pretty much one gigantic plug for the Total Diva season premiere this Sunday. I typed it out so in I'm, my report.
2: I missed a commercial then. I just missed an extra yeah. two-minute commercial with wrestling <laughs> women. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, so, here's my thing. Most of us, and this is me being completely honest here, most of us don't give a shit about most of the women's division as it is. And now you're going to go ahead and give us even less of a reason to give a shit about the women's division as it is? Not a wise move.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I, have res- I have accepted that AJ will not be the cornerstone of the Divas division forever. I have accepted that her time at the top is not permanent. I've accepted that. So if you're going to remove her from that position, then it's your job, it's your duty as a wrestling company to uh, at least attempt to move someone in to fill that void. They're not even trying. There, <laughs> There is zero attempt to replace, to even try to give any hint of, 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 okay, well, AJ's not here. We need someone else. Here's Cole's literal quote. Let's see how things play out on Total Divas this Sunday on E. That's exactly what he said at the end of the match. Ugh. It's just you're
0: – once AJ left, you're now single-handedly turning the Divas division into nothing but a gigantic televised commercial for – Televised commercial for your reality show that may or may not last past this season on E, anyways. And it's sad and it's pathetic to see what the Divas division has come, and especially when you consider there are so many great. There are so many great workers inside of the company in the Divas division. Paige can go, Emma can go, Charlotte can go, Bailey can go. Sasha Banks had her coming out party at our Evolution. Nikki's actually turning into something resembling a decent worker. Natalia's an excellent worker there. But you are not giving us a reason to give a damn, period. And as Tyson would say, fact. (laughs) I just enjoy quoting Tyson's kid for the sake of quoting Tyson's kid. All right, moving on. Uh, I have to recuse myself from this next match. I had a lot of stuff going on personally over here during the course of it, and I ended up missing most of it, as I let Tony know, so I'll let you guys cover this. Luke Harper, Jack Swagger.
1: Um, well, Swagger lasted longer with Luke Harper than he did with Fandango, so that's kind of depressing. Um, Harper continued yeah. to show some <laughs> athleticism that was – I mean, he did a drop kick and, you know – it's cool to see because he's so big. It's not, like, astounding, but it's just like, oh, that was cool. Um, it was fine. I think that the the reason behind it was more for Harper than it was for Swagger. Um, it was just one of those matches that was on Raw, and if you, if you missed it like you did, you didn't really miss a lot, but if you saw it, you'd be okay with seeing it.
2: The people have given up on Swagger, or at least as far as I've seen, uh without Colter there. I mean he tried to fire up one time in that match and you know he got up and he was like oh,
0: la, la, la.
2: and then he turned around, and I'm pretty sure he took a boot in the face. Um but the people did not, you know, back him at all in that match. I think they were just interested to see what was next. Uh yeah, it's it's like Tony said, if you didn't see it you didn't miss a whole lot.
0: My thing in regards to (coughs) my thing in regards to Jack Swagger is is the fact that there's a lot to get behind because we've talked about that last. We talked about Swagger in depth last week here on the reaction. There's a lot to get behind there. He's just not able to put it all together and have us connect with him. And let's be perfectly honest: the reason to care about this match was Luke Harper. And the continued rising process of Luke Harper. We talked about Harper and the yes thread, the all thread on the yes, yes, yes for on Facebook here. And the, the thing that we discussed is, is Harper has a chance to be this generation's big man, in the mold of a cane or a Big Show, and the fact that he's that big guy who, on occasion, will do things that make you say, "Wow, did not expect that." And there's a steady hand to have around and get, and get average to above average to good. In some cases, when you look at a, uh, you look at the match that he had with Ziggler back at Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Matches out of people.
2: I agree with that. Um, like I said, the match with Ziggler at TLC was fantastic. I just, I honestly didn't see the purpose of the match tonight other than to give Harper some work. Uh, so I've I mean, he didn't do terrible. It's just that. He's not connecting with the people, and it's hard to just enjoy it as much as I would like to.
0: Yeah, there's no connection there without Zeb Coulter. Without Coulter, their Swagger's pretty much dead in the water at this point. And unfortunate as it is to say, that seems to be the the general belief for a lot of the fan base in there. Because as you said, Jim, pretty much nobody in that crowd cared. I worry what this means in regards to Luke Harper matches going forward, though. Do you think it was just the fact that he's put in the ring with somebody that the fans have soured against, the fans have no interest in, and that's why they were so quiet during the Harper match, or do you think maybe it's a sign that maybe the uh, the casual fans aren't getting into Luke Harper and his character either?
1: I think this crowd was more of a call-and-response type of crowd, um, not one that would take matters into their own hands. You have to ask them to cheer for you, like Brian did with the yes Chance, like... Um, It's just one of those crowds. You know, L.A., I live in L.A., and L.A.'s like this. They're not all that active. I wish they were, but they're not. Um, I don't know if it's just... uh, I don't know what's wrong with them, but I I just feel like it it wasn't... That wasn't the perfect example of how the the majority of fans feel for Luke Harper, or anyone, to be honest with you.
0: Jimmy, see your thoughts real quick?
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand how fickle... Crowds can be to get behind anybody, um, and it—I don't know—it always irks me because I'm just like these guys are out here, you know, beating up their own bodies to put on a show for you. Give them something, mm-hmm. even if it's not a lot. Give them something. You don't have to jump up out of your seat every time a guy throws a punch, but you know if they do something that you didn't expect or that made you excited. Sure, cheer. Let them know that that's what they liked. Let them know that's what you like. That way they do it again later, and they do it again after that, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, that's another thing that worries me is the fact that these kind of crowds can sour wrestlers on, on, on working like that and putting in the kind of effort that you usually see from a guy like a Swagger and a guy like a Harper. These kind of crowds can sour them towards putting in these kind of performances. I Actually, from what I saw, it looked like a pretty decent match.
2: Yeah, it's like I say, you didn't miss anything, but it wasn't a bad match. It was one of those, we're going to put two of our guys out there. They know exactly what they're doing. They'll put on a good match. Sure, they're not going to, you know, go and do a WrestleMania main event match, but it's one that you can enjoy, and we know you'll enjoy because you've connected with these two uh, superstars before.
0: All right, you guys ready to pay a couple bills here? Yeah because we're obviously going to end up going into the overrun tonight. It's seven minutes after, and we still have a do and a, another talk about Raw to get to. And the talk about Raw to get to is the
2: big one from tonight's episode.
0: The reaction is a presentation of Powerhouse Radio in association with www.prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. My name is Harry Broadhurst, I am the play-by-play voice of Real Action Pro Wrestling, as well as Jack of Many Trades at Black Diamond Wrestling, in addition to being the creator and curator of the Yes, Yes, Yes page on Facebook. The Yes, Yes, Yes page is also associated with Greg DeMarco and WrestlingSmash.com. Um, Tony is the live reviewer at 401 Mania for the Raw Recap, as well as more tender words that cuts his handling shit apparently. And
3: Tony, you got anything else you want to discuss? Um, no, not really.
1: Um, you know, we uh, we as a show, I, I guess we'll just bring it up very lightly here, Harry, if you want to add anything to what I'm about to say, you can. But um, yeah, we're going to be moving pretty soon. Uh, we'll let everyone know. I could only assume that a majority of you listeners are from the Yes, Yes, Yes page and over 411 com. So Um, you're going to know where we go as far as a radio show goes. But if for whatever reason you do not, then you can find either one of us on Facebook and we'll definitely let you know. Um, But yeah, I do the weekly Raw Report. We do this show on a weekly basis immediately after. And um, if you're listening for the first time, which would be weird, I don't know how you would be listening for the first time, don't worry Keep in, tra- keep in touch, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know where we're going. It's going to be a place that is very familiar and feels like home. We promise. You're not getting rid of us this easy.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: Jimmy, see anything you want to discuss here?
2: I've got this big plate of ham in front of me. It is absolutely yeah. delicious.
0: Of course, the world fat champion discusses food.
2: Are you mad, uh,
3: bro? I did want to ask. a little bit. I
2: don't <laughs> have any. <left laughs> I'm a little mad myself. I want ham. You <laughs> should have come over.
0: He's going to come all the way to Ohio from California for ham.
2: Dude, if it's good, you go. If they build it, <laughs> if you build it, they will come.
0: That's good, like the true world that I see. Uh, I did want to uh I do want to ask here real quick. uh, We kind of talked about this briefly before we went off the air there. How was the little one's first Christmas?
2: Oh, my God. The amount of items now stocked in the house not only fill his bedroom, but have taken up a nice fat corner of my basement. Uh, And I was considering uh, tearing down my little shack of a garage that I have until i realized oh that's extra storage space too and just just the <laughs> amount of things noisy toys that i cannot wait to build a bonfire from <laughs>
0: <laughs> so apparently not only school overall, overall <laughs> it was a
2: wonderful holiday
0: not only he's apparently
2: a world fat-ass champion, he's also apparently a heel world fat-ass champion. <laughs> hey, man, if you're going to go one way or another, make people love you for who you are.
0: You're still alive from DDP. They will love me, they will hate me, they will never forget me. That's right. Oh, speaking of DDP, what is up with your boy basically ripping DDP off verbatim?
1: It's um, me. It's me. It's <laughs> BNB.
2: Well, I enjoyed it. I give it two big of old course. thumbs up.
0: Well, of course you did it because you like can. half. Well, yeah. And at this point, realistically speaking, what's DDP going to say?
2: You know. Yeah. Well, what would you like me to say? Yeah, I don't. I don't speak for BNB.
0: But as the resident B&B, Mark, I figured you would have something to contribute.
2: I think he did it better than DDP did. (laughs) Oh, blasphemy.
0: Anyways, all right, on that sour note, we're moving on. Because as this group's Diamond Dallas Page, Mark, we will have a discussion about that if I don't. Uh, let's talk about RAW and let's talk about the big moment from tonight's show. Let's talk about the Authority. No, not the Authority. Let's talk about Ambrose and Wyatt and the ambulance Nah, no, Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan's announcement, shall we? Tony, go ahead and run it down here.
1: Um, yeah, there earlier today on Twitter, Daniel Bryan said that he, you know, you come to a crossroad in your life and you have to make an announcement, and it was really. Um, he said he was looking forward to it, so it it basically flipped, you know, the wrestling. I don't want to say the wrestling world upside down. That's a bit too much credit, but it got a lot of people curious um, as to what he would be announcing. Uh, the way that it all came out, there wasn't ever a doubt in my mind that he wouldn't be announcing his retirement. I didn't think or feel that that was coming at all. Um, the only reason why I made one post on the S C S yes, C S yes was to erase all the other ones. So, <laughs> so um, I
2: did see that. I saw that and yeah. made me giggle.
1: Yeah, um it was a it was a way for everyone to talk about it in one place instead of numerous other ones. But basically, I didn't it wasn't as big of a deal that a lot of people made it to me. I'm very happy that he's coming back. I'm very excited to see him in the Royal Rumble. Um there's something inside of me that feels like it was kind of messed up. Uh a lot of people are a lot of people believe that he's injured, that he's hurt and kind of were worried about him and his health. I had two different people text me saying, I can't watch Raw tonight. Can you tell me what Daniel Bryan says? Like, it caused people to literally go to Raw and watch it. And although it's Daniel Bryan, it felt kind of cheap. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying, like, this is my stance. I'm just saying there's a small part of me that was like, what, what were you guys really trying to do here? Were you trying to toy with our emotions? Because there's a lot of people that legit care about this guy that sign on completely and fully to him. And if he were to come out and retire, they would've, it would have crushed people. This isn't a Mark Henry retirement. This was the possibility of Daniel Bryan being one of those sad, tragic stories, just like Edge. And they, they played with that. I'm not saying it was wrong. I am saying it felt kind of, well, that wasn't all that nice, Daniel. <laughs> you know, like, so So it was, it was really interesting to see the reaction or lack thereof with regards to him. He was passionate. He was excited. I bet he's excited because as a wrestler, you want to get back in the ring as soon as you can. And if they say you're able to, then you're fucking, your boner has a boner. Like, you're excited as all hell. So I love that. I love the passion behind it. But the announcers, the commentary, the tweet, all that had an underlying feeling of, we're just going to fuck with you.
0: I don't believe I've ever heard it phrased quite like that. Your boner has a boner.
2: Boner has a boner.
3: Was <laughs> well, that a Lloyd
2: boner? I don't, I don't even know what that means.
0: <laughs> uh, which do you um, not know what it means?
2: I don't. I don't. I'm not even delving into that. Do not mess with me, Harry. I will come right over to that apartment and I will raise hell. Oh uh, jeez. Um, us not? Twi- uh, hey, I'm I'm afraid I've got some bad news. If you think I was going to be nice to you cause it's the new year, uh, um, that tweet I think was nothing more than to draw people to the flame tonight. Um, I am very convinced that it was one of those, if I put this out on the Internet and people see it, they'll talk about it. And if they talk about it, they'll come watch the show tonight. And I think it was a draw for the final show of the year. And I don't want it to sound like it was nothing more than a marketing ploy, but there's probably a reason they saved it for the final hour of the show. That's all I really have to say about it. I didn't – I mean, I I tuned in anyway because I figured – you know, I'd call in tonight and I'd talk about the plate of ham I have, and uh, you know what else went on with Raw tonight. But granted, I'm I, I'm completely convinced that that tweet tonight was nothing more than him planting the seed in all of the little IWC you know inboxes to go, hey, look what I said, look what I said, come see what I'm going to evaluate on tonight, come see, come watch the show. Everybody, tell your friends about this, and that's what it was. I I was I was not sold on it. Uh he played it off very well. But in the end, I mean, it, he wouldn't have had all these surgeries and stuff or nothing in my opinion. And I I hate to say that I, I said you know, I called it but whatever I did.
0: Here's my thing as far as the whole Daniel Bryan situation goes. Uh, we were asked what our what our our wish list for 2015 was on one of the episodes of W2M that I sat in on. And the main thing at the top of my wish list was that Daniel Bryan only return if he's physically capable of doing so. Because I I believe that. <clears throat> I believe that Daniel Bryan is the kind of guy that has that special connection to an audience that the fans are going to get behind him no matter what he does, and he only needs to be physically active inside of a WWE ring at this point as if he wants to and as his heart is in it. By the way that he played the crowd tonight and by the smile that he had on his face once he said no, I think Daniel Bryan's heart is still in that ring, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Bryan does in the 2015 Royal Rumble. and I stand by my statement of I I called Brian to win the Rumble back in like September so you know I'm sticking to that right, anything else to add to this guys
3: Luke Daniel
2: Bryan played the IWC like (laughs) a
0: (laughs) fluke well he's one of those guys that's been the IWC darlings it's really not all that
2: surprising no, but if you know that you can get away with it like Danny Brian probably does, why wouldn't you?
0: And the and the thing is is it was smart to make let him wait until towards the end of the show in order to have the announcement because he probably kept people tuning in just to see what he had to say.
3: Precisely. That's why
0: I
2: said they saved until the last hour. He planted the seed, he knew what he was doing. He's he's much more clever than his goat beard gives away. <laughs>
0: Hey Tony, you look parched.
2: Yeah, I am. <clears throat> hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll try to keep it short since we're already a little late. But I just wanted to uh, give Rusev and Dolph Ziggler some proper props. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the big things that Larry, the uh, you know the head runner of 411 and One, complains about is champion versus championship matches. Uh, he harps on it big time how there's never any build they do it a lot it devalues the belts and blah 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 and I agree with him to an extent I won't go as long uh, a rant as he usually does in with regards to that sentiment but the reality of the situation is it was mentioned champion versus champion but it felt like the belts were in the backstory of everything um they put on a great match I, I expected it I expected them to there were so many reversals there was a lot of fun here like a match, a standalone match. This thing was awesome. Like, I think I gave it three and a half stars, but then again, don't even take my stars seriously because they're really half-assed. And I look at a match an hour later and feel completely different about it. But this one was great. And, um, I think if I'm going to complain, then I would complain that the fact that, you know, the United States championship wasn't really given a due, the IC title wasn't given a just due. The fact that Dolph kind of looked a little bit like a chump meeting Ryback after weeks of building him up to be something really important, including that promo last week. um, Those would be my complaints. But the highlight was, for me, the match itself, giving me a little hope that these two guys are something bigger than what they are right now.
0: I think that... I think that there was enough protecting of Ziggler done in the finish with the DC wending and then the attack post match that it didn't make Ziggler look like a joke.
3: Yeah, I don't we necessarily.
0: Could
1: argue, we could even argue that Ryback, because of the Survivor Series team, there's a connection there still. There's a there's an equal uh, mindset of protection against a former, uh, or uh, uh, the you know Rusev was on the opposite team, so there's still animosity between them all and everything. And that's why that's why I said, by and large, the complaints are minimal. They're not all that. Oh, I can't believe it! But you know.
0: And the other thing that I was going to say there is, as you said, it was a it was an excellent match. I don't agree with giving away with no build on the last show of the year. I think if you're going to do a match like that, you hit you put some hype behind it. You try to uh, you try to get them to have more of a meaning there because Ziggler and Rusev have met before, and the matches have always been good here. But now this match has the extra credence of having. The titles involved in it, and the fact that Ziggler's been on a massive push, and obviously Rusev's never been pinned or submitted, so he's one of the guys that the WWE is protecting going forward, as well as somebody that could be the, one of the next big stars for the company. And you're just going to kind of throw it out there as a as a as a last-minute giveaway match here on the final Raw of 2011, when you have both of these guys on such roles.
2: Yeah,
0: Jimmy C. Jimmy, put down the ham and answer the question.
2: Listen, this ham is so good, though, Harry. I mean, <laughs> the missus has cooked it just right, and there's just these big chunks just sitting. I mean, these are like slabs. These aren't even like chunks. These are carved-out slabs. They're so freaking good, and they got this honey mustard glaze on it with some brown sugar. Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, you, you lost me at mustard.
2: Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm still on board.
1: Um, oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, see, he's a closet fat ass. He knows it. That's my boy. <laughs> man,
3: that the
2: opening That's match the first time Tony's
0: was... been accused. What's that? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, not the first time Tony's been accused of being a closet anything on this show. Anyways, carry on.
2: Right. Um. The opening match was very good. It was a very solid match. It was a very enjoyable match. But it did feel like the champion versus champion stipulation kind of got put on the back burner. Uh, once the match started, I, I feel like people just completely forgot that it was champion versus champion. They didn't seem like they were fighting for their belts. It just seemed like they were having a very good match. It was, it was very fast-paced. Uh, it was very fun to watch. And the DQ finish was exactly what I think a lot of people expected. It protects both guys. Uh, Makes Rusev look like a monster. Doesn't make Dolph look like a chump because he had to be, you know, Rusev had to be DQ'd just to survive. And then, you know, it just evens everything out. It wasn't the best, you know, decision, I guess. But it was a fun match to put on the last show of Raw for the year, so uh, I enjoyed it. All right.
0: Very well. Um, On that note. I think it's time to go into the last one of these for 2014. Hey, Tony, here's a thought, when we move, you think we can get an actual fixed sound effect for this? Eh, it's tomorrow, hmm. probably not. I'm hoping we can get a fixed sound effect for that for the uh for the move. I don't have high hopes, but I'm hoping that we can. Hey, give me see yes, your favorite moment on tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw as if you have to ask
2: <laughs> technically, I do have to
0: ask, but go ahead and harp on it again.
2: oh man, it's got for me to return. Bad news barat and the bull hammer. Uh, just I've been waiting for this for six months. I know he's made a few uh, house show appearances recently in the past couple weeks, but the official T V return was totally worth putting on the last show of the year. Big fan, very excited about that. I'm afraid
1: I've got some bad
0: news. <laughs> I just hope that we're able to save most of our sound effects, too, going forward. Anywho, uh, your least favorite part of tonight's show?
2: The drawn-out finish. Just the Cena's three feet from the ring, but Seth Rollins has not to move, but Cena's inching closer, but then Cena tell, or Seth Rollins tells him not to, and it was just so dumb. Just do something. Stop standing there. Do something. It drove me crazy. Like, kind of sprinting down to the ring, and then he just kind of stops instead of jumping in the ring and kicking the crap out of him. I just stop. We stop because you said to stop. Okay. Terrible decision making. Terrible storytelling. And I was incredibly disappointed with it.
0: Uh, your overall letter grade for tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw and why? <sighs>
2: I'll give it a B minus. I thought the opening was great. The return of Bad news is Barrett gets extra points. Uh, so, I'll actually, I'll just bump it up to an even B. Um, I disliked the Divas match since it was a commercial. I disliked the way the they... Bathroom. Yeah, well, not that it mattered <laughs> seeing it or not. But I thought they had some very solid matches. I, didn't, I don't think that Harper and Swagger was that bad. Uh, I loved the tag team title match it was great for what for what it was worth Um, and I mean Daniel Bryan punched him in his goat beard I just I didn't think he he goaded people not to be cliche but But it was
1: (laughs) that's not cliche that's a great pun that's what that is
2: that's
0: very very funny
2: (laughs) That is, um, and Tony you know on I might I'm gonna bump it up to a B plus now because that stupid bunny wasn't there. I hate that freaking bunny. So I'm gonna bump it up to a B plus. Not quite as ironic. It's the re-
0: it's the return of the B plus player,
2: and it's a B plus show. Right. Hmm. B plus player returns to the B plus show with no bunny. But that's I'll, I'll give it that much.
0: <laughs> His letter rate really changed twice in three minutes. Shut hey Tony, what was your favorite part of
2: tonight's show? <laughs> I'm driving over to Corner'sburg and kicking the crap out of you tonight.
0: Uh, I'll bring some leftovers. I'm hungry. Anyways, <laughs> sure. <laughs> bring me <in> a plate. <laughs>
3: uh... what was your favorite
0: part. Uh, your favorite part of tonight's show.
1: I want to say, just seeing Edge uh, back, uh, there were you said in the beginning there were a few misses, but I don't think it was their fault. I mean, we're we're fans of them from way back in the day, and to see him in the ring and just it's one of those moments that oh, again I've talked about this. They make moments, um, they they kind of belittle moments, and I think having Edge in the middle of the ring once again, and even being a part of something and willing to be a part of something that. Um, exaggerates or maybe not even exaggeration maybe he really could have gotten paralyzed after one stop but just giving his legend his his entire background of a wrestler making himself vulnerable to the stars of today just shows how ingrained his wrestling mentality is i, I thought it was really cool to see edge do that um i didn't like the ending but that edge being there was was probably my favorite moment and if i had to give a second place it would be the opening match. All right. Your least favorite part of tonight's episode of raw. Uh, Definitely the ending. I thought it took way too long. I thought there was way too, way too many things that didn't make sense. And, um, but mostly it just took way too long. And there's a lot of retconning that, that, that they did that I didn't appreciate.
0: Your overall letter grade for tonight's episode of raw and why, and try not to change it twice within a three minute span.
2: Oh, no, someone is running <laughs> his mouth. It's a five-minute drive, Rogers. Remember that. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: yeah, B minus, and it's staying there. Um, I, I
2: didn't. Know there, there was
1: there was good. There was good to great wrestling. There were a few promos that that worked. There were a few moments that worked. There was a small semblance of them building the WrestleMania before March of the year that it happened. So. I'm hoping that that continues, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with B minus. All right. Um,
0: <clears throat> my
1: favorite. Mo- my favorite moment
0: from tonight was actually the backstage segment with Edge, Christian, and Cena, because there were a couple genuinely laugh-out-loud moments there, including the return of Christian's kazoo.
3: <laughs> oh, Very and if I had to give a
0: runner-up. Uh, If I had to give a runner-up for favorite, it's uh, the, the announcement from Daniel Bryan. Not that I'm surprised, because I kind of anticipated this going forward, but it's still nice to officially know that Bryan's on his way
2: back. Okay, your least favorite moment tonight, and why?
0: The fact that I actually thought Natalia had a chance to get a decent run going towards the women's title. And that they yet again decided to shit on the women's division. Mm. I may be one of the few people that actually cares about women's wrestling. That that's actively involved on the sites that we use on the uh, on the discussions that we have. I'm one of women's wrestling's biggest proponents. You managed to make me not care about your women's division tonight.
2: Congratulations, jackasses. Ooh. <laughs> Harry, your <laughs> overall letter grade for tonight's show, and why?
0: My overall letter grade for tonight's show of Monday Night Raw is a B+. Plus. And the reason that I give it a B+, plus is because we had two above-average matches, Ziggler-Rusev and the tag title match, which I agree. I don't think we gave the tag title match nearly enough credit, especially once they came back from the commercial break. That match was phenomenal. We had two really big moments, it may have taken too long to get there, but the return of the authority and then obviously the one that all the IWC is going to talk about, the impending return of Daniel Bryan. And the fact of the matter is, is last Monday of 2014, and realistically speaking, this could have been a throwaway Raw, but they jam-packed it with stuff that people will be talking about going forward. And I think as a wrestling fan, that's all you can ask for Anybody have anything else to add?
2: Hmm. I'm still deciding whether not to come bitches. over to your apartment kick the crap out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going oh, to take uh, a lot away from this play to him, I'll tell you what.
0: I-, I want to give credit to my favorite football team. I'm very happy with the Bills finishing with a 9 and 7 record. Uh most people called five to six wins before the year started. I'm very happy with a nine and seven season even if it didn't end our playoff job. And then Kyle Orton goes and retires today.
2: Kyle Orton retired today?
0: Yeah. It just scrolled on the bottom of the ESPN. I have sports center on in the background.
2: Isn't he still kinda young?
0: Ten seasons, but the thing is is he has a history of injuries too, so I'm really not surprised. Just means that the ownership's going to have to spend some money and find that franchise QB this off-season because it's obviously not E.J. Manuel anymore.
2: I'm not totally against E.J. Manuel, so I'll stick with him. I'll give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt.
0: I just I don't think Manuel has any confidence left after the last couple seasons. Between injuries yeah, and now being benched. Are you kidding me?
2: EJ Spiller.
0: Any time. Oh yeah. How how often is Spiller on the field? Fred Jackson when Spiller isn't.
2: Uh, who was starting are... running back this year? Bryce Brown. This has been because the raw reaction. Those guys were
0: on the IR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get more into this discussion via text message after the show goes off the air.
3: I'm coming on, right
2: please. over to Cornenburg and kicking the crap out of you. This ham can wait. Can you record it?
3: <laughs>
2: I might. I, could, I have a crappy cell phone, but I'll make it happen.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. The reaction.
0: I'm kind of tempted to close the year with one last playing of hostie after that, Tony.
3: <laughs>
0: you know what? That's how we're going off the air tonight. Ladies and okay. gentlemen, my name is Harry Broadhurst. So Jimmy Christopher, the world's badass ass champion, I gave the champ his proper... The oh,
2: world's champion with a piece of ham in his
0: mouth. <laughs> and 411 Manius Tony Acero. We hope to have an update for you guys as far as our future goes soon. We'll let you know what's going on. This has been the reaction we are for now on Powerhouse Radio. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Good night, everybody.
2: Happy New Year, everybody. bitches. <laughs> You ever meet a girl and think to yourself, she's the one. But as time goes on you realize she ain't nothing but a hostie. When I met you, girl, it was love at first sight. Your hair looks so good. Your dress was so tight, at first I was nervous So quiet and shy, wasn't sure if your type was A from L.I., I thought we'd be so made Like bubba and lime, thought you'd be my girl Till the end of time, you were my girlfriend For a couple of years, but then you left me With nothing but
3: tears, roses are red And violets are blue Shame on me. Pull me twice.
0: Woo. Woo. The raw reaction of presentation of Powerhouse Radio. www.prowrestlingpowerhouse.com Join us tomorrow night for Under the Mat Radio here
2: on Powerhouse Radio.